Hey guys, welcome into the second episode of the Dynasty Optimists. My name is Brad, and I'm joined again by my friend Andrew. Andrew, my man, how did week one treat you? Week one was wonderful. I uh, walked away with a W, as expected, but, um, you know, it was, it was a great week for most people involved, besides some of the, the teams that we're going to talk about uh, in the show tonight. Oh, yeah, I can I can agree with that one. Uh, not so great for my boy Ryan Fitzpatrick, which let's touch on that real quick. Can I can I please get a moment of silence for Ryan Fitzpatrick, J.K. Dobbins, Cam Akers, Gus Edwards, Irv Smith Jr., Justice Hill and every single other player that ever will touch my roster? I appreciate it. Because, my God, I cannot get away from these injuries. Ryan Fitzpatrick going to IR2 now, man. This is this is getting ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. <laughs> I don't even know what to say anymore. Um, but moving along. So I think we have we have to do something really quick. I think we have to apologize to the Air Rats. We slandered him on the first episode for Mark Ingram and Philip Lindsay. And... They did a lot of the, they did a lot better than a lot of the guys on Chicago's team. I mean, Mark Ingram had a lot of usage, man. What do you think about Mark Ingram? I mean, um, against the Jags defense, uh, Mark Ingram looked great. I mean, uh, he went <laughs> 20, 26, 85, and a touchdown. He yeah. put up really solid points. I mean, even uh, even Zach Pascal. I mean. J- I thought that was really interesting. Four for five, 43 yards, and two touchdowns in that indie offense. Um, I, I think we bullied him a little too hard there. And if he started Mark Ingram, I don't have the st- I don't have the actual matchup in front of me. But um, <laughs> no, no, he looks good. He's he he's a coward. He did not start Mark Ingram. Mark Ingram sat on this bench. He's a coward. We can still slander him. He's a coward, man. Oh, wow. Yikes. I I know. Real bad. (laughs) All right. So let's move along to these power rankings updates. So uh, I'm going to read these guys off for you real quick, and we'll talk about a a couple of them. Um, So coming in for week two, we got Sea Dogs still on top. Uh, The Cleveland Steamboats here at two. Washington War Machines, despite losing, jumping up to number three. Uh, Reno Royals at four. The Chicago Southsiders dropping down to five. Richmond Raiders hopping over the Juicers to six. Juicers at seven. Uh, We got the Baltimore Bombers at eight. The Air Rats, nine. Denver Aussies, ten. Prestige Worldwide at 11. And the Columbus Curb Stompers dropping down to the bottom. So first thing I'd like to talk about, the Washington War Machines. They lost in week one, but damn, they looked good. Uh, they, I really think they looked awesome. He didn't even have the peak performances from his tight ends, his, from Calvin Ridley. Robert Woods was okay. DK Metcalf was, I mean, he, he ended up having a decent stat line, but uh, he really climbed the rankings. What did, what did you think about the War Machines, man? I really like the War Machines. Um, I mean, they had, uh, unfortunately, as much as we talk shit about Josh Jacobs, and he was, you know, he was limping super early is, in that but... game. Okay, maybe not we. Maybe it's more so me. Uh, <laughs> but he, he carried the ball 10 times, 34 yards. He had two touchdowns. I think that's the difference maker right there. Um, everyone knows that in fantasy, the most valuable stat is touchdowns. I mean, they're just invaluable. They're not super sticky, but if you can get them on spike weeks, you're going you're gonna to win. You're going to have a really good chance of winning. David Montgomery, I mean, David Montgomery looked amazing. I like his team, other than Calvin Ridley, which, uh, I mean, 
the offense looked pretty decent. It looked like he was going to get a lot of volume, but uh, the first quarter was great, and then after that, the offense looked like trash. So we'll see what happens going forward. Yeah, I, I like the War Machines going forward. I think he's got a really solid team there. It just drew a tough matchup with uh, C-Dog scoring over 200 and being the only team to do so this week. Uh, so moving on. Let's talk about curb stompers, man. Uh, full collapse. Full, full collapse. The only team to score under 100 points and uh, by, a, by a good chunk, honestly. he His roster is just so young, though, man. I mean, you can't rely on rookies starting in, like, I think four different places uh, to completely bring your team to wins. He, Sony Michelle wasn't as involved as I thought he would be. Elijah Moore had, like, negative three yards on the week. Uh, I mean, curb didn't look great, but what do you think about curb going forward this season? Uh, I think he is locked and loaded in a race between Necro and himself for the first overall pick. I do not see that team winning almost any games this season. Maybe one. He might walk away with a dub. Or he might be a team that, you know, puts up a nice 0-17. and So... Yeah, uh, it's not looking good so far. Not looking good so far. Well, And, I mean, Baker Mayfield didn't have an on week. Damian Harris did okay, but didn't score that touchdown. I'm expecting him to do better going forward. So, we'll see about Curb. Uh, and lastly here, the Raiders and Juicers. I didn't see much to set either one of them apart. I did end up bumping the Raiders above Juicers. He had a little more points on the week. Uh I, there's nothing that really distinguishes between the two of them yet, though. They just seem so right there in the middle, so both so close to being able to compete uh, to, to the end to get to the championship. Uh, did, did you see anything different? Not at all. Uh, not whatsoever. The, the, thing, the thing that's difficult with the uh, Juicers is, I mean, his tie, Gronkowski went off. I mean, Gronk carried that team. Um, Tom Brady as well. Tom Brady Gronk stack is going to do wonders for him. Saquon Barkley. Saquon Barkley just can't stay healthy, and he can't stay on the field. Uh, he had 10 carries for 26 yards. I think if Saquon Barkley can, you know, hopefully he can, uh, you know, drag himself to the playoffs, which he should be able to. That uh, that division is pretty weak. Uh, hopefully, Then at that point, he'll have Michael Thomas, hopefully back and healthy and ready to rock. And then hopefully Saquon Barkley, towards the later end of the season, will come back and uh, perform. Miles Sanders had a great game. Miles Sanders was very heavily involved, which I think we were, most people were happy to see. But I think uh, I think right now sixth and seventh is a good spot for him. Yeah, no, they they seem right there. I we'll have to see later on in the season if anything happens to change that up. But they just they'll probably be flip flopping in the power rankings constantly this whole season. All right, so moving on, let's uh, let's get into some notes, both about the NFL and the league itself. Uh, let's start this off with something that I know I wasn't expecting. I don't know about you, but the Texans won. They they won in week one. I wasn't sure if the Texans were going to win a game, and they didn't just win. They blew out the Jaguars. They blew them out. What I mean, what happened, man? What do you, what do you think about Urban Meyer in his debut? I think Urban Meyer was all over the place, and I'm not super comfortable with the usage of some of the skill-positioned players on that team. Um, unfortunately for James Robinson truthers, he was basically non-existent and played a lot of the snap percentage, but really didn't get anything done. He got six targets uh, in the in the passing game, which I, I guess is good. You'd like to see your running backs catching passes, but three 
for you know um, three catches for 29 yards. Really didn't do much. Uh, Brandon Cooks, ooh, Brandon Cooks, lights out. Five catches for 132 yards. I mean, he looked good. Uh, I think that if anyone invested in Brandon Cooks uh, for for cheap, because Brandon Cooks has always been that player that's dirt cheap. For some reason, people don't want him on their roster. Uh, he could he could uh, return some some amazing production for you. Well, and I will say Brandon Cooks is one of those players for me. We are the dynasty optimists. I've always been kind of an optimist about Brandon Cooks. He's just one of those players that just flies under the radar year after year. He's had 1,000-yard seasons, I believe, in five of six seasons. Uh, he's Brandon Cooks is a good player, man. I mean, he's just overlooked for whatever reason. It's Maybe it's because he's rarely the number one option in the offense, and when he is, I, I guess he's on the Texans for Tyrod Taylor. But that seemed to work for him. Uh, one thing I wanted to touch on about this game, uh, LaVisca Chenault. So a couple interesting things with LaVisca is he, he wasn't making any plays downfield. He got a lot of targets, but wasn't making any plays downfield. He actually only had 28 air yards. Uh, for any of you that don't know, air yards are basically the yards, uh, forward that the football travels by the time the ball gets to you. Um, so 28 air yards out of his 50 yards receiving. So he had less air yards than he had yards that he moved with the ball uh and his average depth of target was only 3.1 yards 3.1 that's uh, running backs sometimes have a further average depth of target than that what that was kind of interesting to me what do you think about that i it's an it's an anomaly to me i think lavisca chanel will, will be very involved in that offense but he doesn't really have a high ceiling to me uh he's just going to get a lot of volume and he's his a dot's going to be low throughout the entire season. And I think if you're looking for a big play, you're going to plug in DJ Chark and hope for the best. I mean, the poor guy caught three balls. He was targeted 12 times. He was only managed, only managed to uh, catch three of them. But I think LaVisca Chanel will just be a tried and true. You can just plug in your flex and expect, you know, probably 10 points. So no, I agree with that completely. So let's move on to something league related. Chicago Southsiders, the defending champion had a meltdown uh i mean meltdown is relative he scored more points than curb uh scored more points than a couple other managers but from what we expect uh not great not great uh one thing that i wrote about in my power rankings that uh i'll kind of mention here too aaron Rodgers, ezekiel elliott Devontae adams and mike gasicki combined for less points than tyson williams not great man not great uh any thoughts on chicago southsiders week one well, wait, how many points did Tyson have week one? Uh, I believe it was something like 16, uh, 16.9. Wow, that's pretty nutty. I didn't know he had that much. Um, in regards to his meltdown, though, I mean, Roger, Zeke, Adams, A-Rob, and Gesicki. I mean, Gesicki with the goose, bro. You love to see that. That's exactly what you want to see out of your tight end. Um, <laughs> they projected 76.6 points. And produced, I think, like, what, 20.8 points total? I mean, yeah. he left so many points on the field. Like, 55 points on the field, give or take. I, I just, I was shocked by that. And I'm, I'm expecting, we'll go over this later, but I'm expecting Rodgers and Adams to, to really bounce back this week, especially in a plus matchup against Detroit. Um, well, I think the biggest thing to me is Allen Robinson. I mean, Allen Robinson had, like, 5.8 yards per reception and yeah. that's just disgusting to me every 
we all know that A Rob is just a deep field specialist, and it, it, I mean, he's just a stud. We all we all know he's a stud, but to to have him only running curls and little short routes is disgusting to me. And I cannot wait for Fields to take over that offense to hopefully open it up. Yeah. So. Uh, now that you mentioned Robinson, uh, I don't know if you saw this or not, but uh, Josh Norris posted on Twitter uh, the the NFL Next Gen Stats route chart from uh, Allen Robinson's targets during the game. He didn't he wasn't targeted on a single route further than ten yards downfield, not a single one. That's and that's I, not I can't great. think of a justification for that. Was it the matchup? Was it the defense? Uh, I don't know. Yeah, I I don't know either, man. That was. Uh... That's not looking good moving forward. I I really hope Justin Fields has an opportunity to take can take control of this offense sooner rather than later. Uh, let's move on to some rookie wide receivers, man. They those early drafted guys showed out. We got uh, Jamar Chase, Jalen Waddle, Devonte Smith. I know you really wanted to talk about these guys. Uh, let's hear what you got to say. Absolutely. I um, out of those three, I oh man, Devonte Smith looked good, bro. He looks real good. I mean, like Ray likes to likes to say, he looked like the uh, Slim Reaper out there. Um, To me, he's the very obvious WR one in that offense. Just day one, week one, just rolls in. Um, He has Rigor as his uh, running mate, or Rhaegar, whatever. I don't know how to pronounce it honestly, but it doesn't matter. Um, Seventy-one total offensive snaps for Philly. Smith was on the field, sixty-two of them, and Rhaegar fifty-six. He looked like a beast out there. Um, scored on his very first reception. I, I just, I'm not sure if you saw that play uh, on the left side of the of the uh, end zone, but he looks like he's going to be targeted early, often. Led the whole entire team with eight targets. Looks great. Yeah, Love his him. his weight didn't seem to hinder him in any way. I mean, the dude can move. The dude gets separation. He's got good hands. Uh, looked like him and Hertz had a good rapport as well. Absolutely. Uh, the only thing I want to touch on is the yards after catch. I'm, I'm kind of curious to see how this stat uh, progresses going forward, but he only was able to generate 17 yards after the catch while Rigar was able to do 43. So I'm not sure if his weight's going to become an issue, but it, I don't think it matters for fantasy owners. I mean, sure, you might miss out on some of the yards after catch ability, but he's going to be hyper-targeted. He's, he's locked and loaded, in my opinion, for 8 to 10 targets at least every week. Yeah, I fully agree. Um, one guy I wanted to talk about of the three of them, uh, Jalen Waddle. Uh, he was uh, he was pretty involved. He had six targets, four receptions for sixty one yards and a touchdown. Uh, I know you weren't the biggest fan of his coming out. Uh, I know the Juicers were his probably his biggest fan. Uh, Waddle came out and kind of showed something for him. I, I I liked what Waddle did. It seems like he's gonna get a lot of underneath targets. I know you watched that game pretty in depth. What did you see from Waddle? Uh, well, from the interesting thing about Waddle is, uh, I think it was one catch. Um, it's hard to describe, but Gasicki was blocking for him. He it looks like to me Waddle is trying to run before he even has the ball secured. Uh, at least for that one catch, uh, I think that the yards after catch ability is going to be a big thing for Waddle going forward. I don't think he's going to get as much volume as Devonta Smith, for example. He was targeted seven times, caught the ball, four receptions, 81 yards. Or, excuse me, that's uh, Devontae Parker's stat line. Um, He had six targets for four receptions, 61 yards, and a touchdown. He looked good out there. Um, To me, that offense is going to be – it's really interesting when you incorporate Will Fuller into the offense. 
but Will uh, Waddle and Parker both look to dominate uh, the air yards and the, the the targets in that offense. Gasicki looks like the odd man out. I don't know what's what the situation is going to look like when Fuller is introduced. And personally, if you are starting Gasicki at this point, I think you need to pivot. I think you need to look to make a trade or wait until week two, see what happens then. I think I think uh, Waddle and Tua are going to be a great stack to have going forward, especially if uh, if Tua can lock in on him year, uh, week to week. So, Yeah, I, I fully agree. Uh, last guy here, Jamar Chase. Uh, he balled out, man. <laughs> he balled out. Five catches, 101 yards, and a touchdown. Uh, I know we had a little scare with T. Higgins in that game when they reported that uh, he was leaving on a cart. I was holding my breath. I know you were holding your breath. Curb was talking about it. He, I mean, he just had to get an IV, thankfully. But if if he what if T were to go down, if Tyler Boyd were to go down, I can't even imagine what Jamar Chase would do because that dude balled out despite being in a loaded offense with two with what some people thought might be too many targets. Uh, what did you think about Chase? Chase looked, he looked dominant in every sense of the word. Very involved, dominant. He led all pass catchers with sixty tick, uh, sixty two, excuse me, total snaps, ninety percent of the offensive snaps, uh, both T and Jamar. I mean, they both have alpha profiles, so we'll see what happens, uh, in this offense. They didn't, honestly, they didn't, they weren't super pass happy. Like I thought they were going to be, they were running the ball a lot. I mean, they were, they were really leaning on the ground game and Joe Mixon a lot. I think that this offense has even more, uh, yards, uh, week to week than we saw in week one. I think it's going to look a lot more like Dallas personally. I think they're going to be, they're going to be slinging the ball. Joe Burrow, I mean, looks great. Just looks great overall. And I'm really excited for uh, these this duo of T and Jamar to kind of dominate the league. Yeah, I agree. I agree completely. Uh, last thing here on the little notes that we've got. Uh, we'll go through these a little bit quickly, but we've got just some injuries slash disappointments that we kind of want to touch on. So first one hits home to you, Odell. Didn't play in week one. Just got announced, I think, yesterday, last night. He's not going to play again in week two. That sucks, man. That sucks. I, I know you're an Odell fan. Uh, I Obviously, you're a Browns fan as well. So that, that hits home. What I mean, how do you feel about Odell? I am very disappointed with Odell. I really like Odell. I've always been a fan of his. But to me, at this point in his career, I think we're living in the past. I think the player that we saw with the Giants and the one that made the catch, that player just, to me, doesn't really exist anymore. And the talent is has always been there, but the ability to be on the field, you know, it's, that's 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 his number one avail his availability is a number one ability, right, for wide receivers. And if you can't be on the field, you can't produce, you can't help the team win. And at this point, if he disappoints another season, I. I would hope that the Browns would look to move him, move off of him in some fashion, right? Trade, cut. I don't know what this contract situation is like, but the uh, Donovan People-Jones looks good. Juice obviously looks really good. I mean, Njoku, I'm not sure if you saw Njoku, but he caught, he, he made some plays out there. So I don't Dude's think athletic. we really need Odell, honestly. I don't think the offense needs Odell at this point. And... I'm just so tired of talking about Odell be, always being injured. I know fantasy managers are really hoping he comes back, but 
I don't see it. Right. I agree. Uh, so let's move on to Dave's favorite player, Brandon Ayuk. Didn't play much in week one. I think he had something like was either 14 or 16 snaps. Uh, was never targeted, never had any receptions. Uh, and then Kyle Shanahan came out, came out earlier today and said that Brandon Ayuk needs to be a lot better than Trent Sherfield to earn some more playing time. I know you love Brandon Ayuk. You are a truther. What, what do you see with this going forward? I do. I do love Brandon Ayuk, and I am a truther. And personally, I think Brandon Ayuk deserves an entire episode. And I'd be more than happy to, uh, <laughs> to invest the time and uh, the effort that it would require to produce such a podcast. But to keep it short and simple, I mean, I think there, you know, where there's smoke, there's fire. And I think that, you know, I think Kyle Shanahan really is trying to light a fire under Ayuk's ass. He did miss a lot of time with that hamstring injury, miss a lot of camp. And who knows? I mean, he's a kid. He's 23 years old. He could have done something stupid. And if there's one thing that I know just based on reputation, uh, the Shanahan's don't, they don't put up with shit. I mean, if, if, if you fuck up, if you, you know, you aren't showing up to practice on time, you aren't putting forth your, your, you know, the effort that Kyle or Mike requires, you're, you're going to lose playing time. It's that simple. And who knows? He might have done something stupid that would um, would make Kyle do that for him and make him earn his spot back. I have I have zero doubt that Ayuk will have trouble outplaying Sherfield. Like literally zero. Uh, Sherfield, he's just a he's just a jag. Uh, there's no there's nothing special about him. Ayuk, he showed his his playmaking ability his rookie season. And he dominated. I mean, he did. He was obviously, you know, no, uh, no Debo Samuel, no George Kittle. But even with Debo Samuel, Samuel, excuse me, on the field or Kittle, I think Brandon Ayuk can be very productive. And I'm hoping that he makes a week two uh, kind of resurgence. But I'm not banking on it. I'm wait, I'm kind of I'm kind of just waiting to see how he's introduced into the offense again. And I think that if there's fantasy owners that have Brandon Ayuk, I think he should be benched until until we see, you know, more productivity and see how he's being introduced in the offense. So I like when an optimist can be a realist. That's that's important. Uh, so moving on to this next one, uh, I'm going to keep this one really short and sweet myself. Uh, the Falcons are bad. The Falcons are really bad. Their offense looked bad. Their defense looked bad. Agree? Disagree? <laughs> Absolutely. They look putrid. I mean, that is a putrid team. I think they're going to very much regret drafting Kyle Pitts. And not because Kyle Pitts isn't a good player. It's because Matt Ryan looked like absolute trash. The offensive line obviously didn't do him any favors, but Matt Ryan's in the back in the back nine of his career. And if you have a chance to draft Justin Fields, and you don't draft just like, just like the Broncos, you don't draft Justin Fields for a tight end or a corner in the Broncos case. And I think that's unforgivable in my opinion, when you don't have a quarterback, it doesn't matter how good your team is built. Uh, if you don't have a quarterback, especially in 2021, you're going to have a hard time winning games. And I think the Washington football team is a perfect example of that. They have, you know, like their defensive line is stacked. First round picks like across the board, basically. And they, they still, you know, had trouble closing games or have trouble winning games because they have Ryan Fitzpatrick and now Heineke. So, 
Yep, yep. I, yeah, I'm on the same boat with you. So last thing here in the news uh, slash notes. So we got the Steelers. Uh, they ended up beating the Bills. Uh, it was a gross game, man. I Honestly, kind of from both sides. Uh, the Bills didn't look amazing, looked a little rusty, but the Steelers especially. Uh, that offense... While they have the tools to be good, they did not look good. That offensive line was putrid, absolutely terrible. One one of the worst in the NFL, I do believe. Uh, and Ben Roethlisberger looks his age, man. He's he's getting up there. He can't move as well as he used to, and his arm just does not look the same as it did a few years ago. Like his arm angle, the way he throws the football, it just does not look the same. It doesn't look like he has as much velocity on the ball, which that's pretty obvious, but just didn't look great. And uh, Najee Harris, man, I mean, he got the opportunities. He was literally on the field for every single offensive snap. Uh, didn't come out with a good fantasy line, but he got the opportunities. So he might be able to turn it around. Uh, one interesting thing that I the uh, I read on Najee was he actually created 22 of his 45 yards rushing himself. So he had almost half of his rushing yards he had to create himself after evading the first tackle. His offensive line couldn't create anything for him it was it was a bad game man what what did you think about the Steelers I think the Steelers looked bad I mean plain and simple I think that like you said Ben Roethlisberger looked old looked really old and when you're you know when your off-season workout regimen consists of beer and pizza and just like cornhole and chilling (laughs) yeah you're gonna look like trash he's never been a gym rat from what I've seen uh, in any kind of interview or you know, just kind of following him in the offseason. He definitely doesn't uh, give off the vibe of being a workout warrior, right? No, absolutely so, not. Uh, like you said, I think Najee's going to be heavily involved. And he's going he's going to have to just... He's unfortunately going to have to create a lot of yards for himself. The offensive line's not going to do him any favors. And... Uh, Man, I know you mentioned this earlier, but um, some of those wide receivers, especially Chase Claypool, looked dominant. I mean, he looked like he de- he needs the ball. He needs those deep, you know, one on one kind of fifty uh, fifty balls because that man was mossing people out there. So yeah, what do you think about that, dude? Claypool, uh, he I like Chase Claypool. He had that one catch that he absolutely mossed a dude. I can't remember the defender on the play, but uh, he also had another opportunity uh, when Ben just chucked it up up to him on the sidelines. He ended up not coming down with it, but it to me it looks like almost every single time he gets the ball thrown his way in a coverage situation, he's he, he has an opportunity to come down with it almost every time. I, it's it's upsetting that Ben doesn't look his way more often. Um, all right, let's move on to the matchups for this week. So let's start with the three games that Sleeper is not projecting to be exactly close. Uh, so Sleeper has all three of these games with a 96% or higher win probability for one of the teams. So we'll start with the Washington War Machines versus Prestige World Ride. Do you see any upset coming from uh, Prestige beating the War Machines or... Uh, absolutely not. Nope. Not, not one bit. I, unfortunately, there's not much to say about (laughs) prestige worldwide. I wish there was more. I, I, they're just a team in rebuild. And when you match a team that's in full rebuild against a team that's as dominant as the war machines, there really isn't much to say. The The only thing I can think of is just a, 
just a total shit week for every single player on War Machines to see an upset. Yeah, no, I I doubt there's an upset in that game. It's it's looking like War Machines has got that one in the bag, but I guess you never know. Uh, let's move on to Reno Royals, myself, against the Baltimore Bombers. This one, despite having a 96% win percentage for myself, uh, I, this one's possible. This one's not as far-fetched, I don't believe, as the other one. Um, what about this matchup? What do you think? Well, let's see. Jerry Judy just, uh, just went to the IR. Correct me if I'm wrong there. That's correct. And, you know, he actually does have some playmakers on that team. I mean, uh, Mike Evans, Najee Harris, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. Clyde, I think, dis- kind of disappointed in week one. So Najee, you know, 100% of the snaps, but could only muster uh, 5.4 fantasy points. So, I mean, sure. I, I think, I think if, if out of the games we have listed, I think if there is an upset, it's here. That's this is the only team I think that can personally upset. So. Yeah, I I agree. I mean, he's got young pieces that could blow up, and I mean that one's possible. It's definitely not likely, but it's possible. Uh, last one, which I think is probably the biggest possible blowout of the week upcoming. We'll, we'll have to see. Uh, it's yourself, the Cleveland Steamboats versus Curb, who had the rough week one. Uh, I don't think there's much to say about this one. I. It, this one looks like it's in the bag before the week started, but we'll see. What, what do you think about it? Well, I mean, I don't like to count my chickens before they hatch. That's, you know, not my uh, not my approach for fantasy football, but I don't see how he wins this game. I, I just don't. I mean, I, with Jerry Judy going down, that, that, even, that opens up even more targets for Noah Fant. And, I mean, I don't know about you, but the, uh, the Broncos offense actually looked really good with Teddy Bridgewater yeah, at weird. the helm. He was confident. He was slinging the ball really well. I mean, they, they've always had talent on that team. They've always been kind of just a quarterback away. And I'm not saying that Teddy Bridgewater is going to lead that team to the promised land because I, I, I don't think they are. But they, they are a potential playoff team, personally. But with it with you know the, the I have the WR1 from the Bucks Antonio Brown I mean I don't know I just I don't, I don't see a way you had to sneak that me. one in you had to sneak that one in of course <laughs> you know how much I love Antonio Brown yeah especially I against do. Atlanta I mean Atlanta is juicy. like one of the most plus matchups in the league next to Detroit oh, so juicy yeah the, I would say the one thing for curb stompers that he's got going forward is Elijah Mitchell man I mean he looked good. Raheem Mostert's out for the season. We'll see if Trey I mean, Sermon gets worked in. He was a healthy scratch week one. But, I mean, that's kind of exciting, at least for curb stompers. So, I mean, sure, there's a little bit of excitement there. But, I mean, let's be honest here. Everyone that has a San Francisco 49ers running back on their roster thinks the same way. Yeah, They're, they, they are all eternal optimists if you, if you roster a San Francisco 49er running back. Right, because he ran what I think for a hundred yards and a TD and out of like twenty attempts or something like that. And yeah. next week, it's going to be the next guy. It's going to be a revolving door. Some other random guy, Trey Sermon, or whoever is going to run for a hundred yards and get twenty, you know, carries. And then in the, the next week, it's going to be someone else. It's impossible to predict. If you roster a San Francisco running back, you're just a gambling man, in my opinion. So, best of luck to those people. So let's move on to two matchups here that I think are going to be a little bit closer. Uh, so first one here we're going to talk about is the Denver Aussies versus the Jacksonville Juicers. Uh, currently, the Juicers are projected to win. So they got 65% win probability. Uh, 
This one could go either way, though. Uh, Devin Singletary looks like he's taking the RB1 completely in Buffalo. I don't know if that matters at all, but <laughs> Zach Moss was a healthy-ish scratch. Uh, I mean, he had problems in the preseason, but they declared him a healthy scratch. Chase Edmonds looked pretty good in week one, didn't have any touchdowns, uh, had a lot of opportunities. Um, and I and Cooper Cup, man, he had a rapport with Matthew Stafford. So uh, despite him being... Uh, against or not having the favor against the juicers i i think the aussies have a chance this week 100 percent. i if there's a, an upset this week it's going to or not an upset but more so just you know a victory between two close teams it's going to be the denver aussies they're I think they have a really chance, a good chance of winning this game saquon barkley's probably not going to play again and even if he does he's playing against washington I mean, how much room to run really is there going to be for Saquon Barkley that's still kind of limping on the field? And I really, really like the Cooper Cup uh, rapport with Matthew Stafford. I think that's going to pay dividends for anyone that invested in Cooper Cup this season. Even DJ Chark, 12 targets. I think that Trevor Lawrence is going to look his way early and often. Uh, Hopefully he'll catch more than three balls, but... He's got some he's got some playmakers on that team and I think if I had to bet on one it's going to be the Aussies and he's going to win. Oh, I like that. I like that. The one bold take that he's at least he's got right now. I mean, we'll see if this changes, but he's currently got Trent Sherfield, the man keeping Brandon Ayuk off the field in his starting lineup over James Conner. So instead of fully betting in on that uh, Cardinals running back room, he's, he's trying to spread the wealth, get some Trent Sherfield in there. We'll uh we'll see if uh, Trey Lance gets another opportunity to throw the ball because we know he loves throwing it to Trent Sherfield. Uh, next matchup we got here is the Richmond Raiders versus the Philly Air Rats. Uh, this one's actually kind of interesting to me, um, mostly just for the fact that, like we talked about last week, Air Rats needs his three best players to blow up. Uh, I, I mean, I guess last week was a little bit different. Uh, he did have Zach Pascal contributing a little bit. Mark Ingram did pretty well, but... This one's got to be the Raiders to me, even though it's a technically a closer matchup. I just the consistency's there for him. Uh, Air Rats really has to have big weeks from multiple players to be able to do it. What do you think about these two? I uh, I agree. I I pretty much agree with you. Richmond Raiders should walk away with a a, a W here, uh, but he's got some blow up potential. I, I really I really like some of these uh, blow up players. Like Mark Ingram could be another. It's going to be hard to find a lot of running room against Cleveland, but. I think it's. I think Richmond Raiders are going to walk away with the W, but I feel like the Philadelphia Air Rats are going to go down kicking and screaming. They're not going to go down easy. So no, I like that. All right, and the last thing we're going to talk about here, the matchup of the week, we've got the Denver Sea Dogs who just obliterated Week One, versus the Chicago Southsiders who disappointed in Week One, but. They are still a star-studded roster, and uh, this is a close one. They've currently uh, sleepers got the win pro- uh, the win projection at 60% for the Sea Dogs. Um, it's going to be a close game, I think. The one thing I I do like for the Southsiders' chances here is Aaron Rodgers and, and Devonte Adams had a rough Week One. I, we I think we all know that. Uh, they play Detroit on Monday Night Football. We saw Ooh. what the 49ers did to Detroit. Granted, Detroit came back, almost tied up that game, but we're not talking about the defense. Uh, the 49ers obliterated that Detroit defense. Uh, Aaron Rodgers, Devontae Adams could just blow up on a revenge game. What do you think about the matchup of the week? Ooh, yes, sir. I am so excited for this matchup. I, To me, I think that Chicago Southsiders is going to win. 
I I'm very Ooh. confident in that roster winning this week. I really love the Aaron Rodgers Devonte Adams stack. The Gasicki, I mean, I would not be surprised to see another gooser from Gasicki. So if it was up to me, I'd be sending out trade offers if I had this roster for another tight end immediately. But if he wants to wait another week and see if Gasicki gets uh, worked into the offense, he could. But I mean, Tyler Lockett against Tennessee. We just got we just saw Tennessee oh. get roasted by Arizona, and Jeez. Kyler Murray just picked them apart you know just straight up off the bone there was nothing left so uh, mike davis against tampa bay i don't really think that's going to do much but the blow up potential of tyler lockett uh a stefan diggs against miami i feel like stefan diggs is going to make a comeback he has josh allen so some of that points is going to some of those points excuse me are going to be uh you know across both teams but Allen robinson in cincinnati i think personally if Andy Dalton comes out again and makes more mistakes, looks pretty shitty, uh, he's supposed to be like the guy that you know doesn't make mistakes. He's supposed to be that veteran, you know. But if Andy Dalton's rolled out and he's making mistakes and not playing well, why the hell isn't just the rookie playing at that point? You know, why not just throw Justin Fields on the you know uh, on the field and see what he can do? And I feel like Allen Robinson could really benefit from that, especially in Cincinnati. Cincinnati looked good. The defense looked okay, but the offense looked like it was firing on all cylinders. So I think, I think they're going to have to throw to catch up to Cincinnati if they fall behind early. So I'm I'm loving this matchup. And if I had to bet money on this matchup, like bet a beer or a soda or whatever, I'm putting it on Chicago. Man, I like that. I like that. Uh, the one thing I will say about this matchup is, Sea Dogs have the type of roster where he's he's not gonna have bad weeks man i i mean he might but it doesn't it surely doesn't look like it he's got a lot of consistent players a lot of players that also can blow up but just based on the matchups chicago could just explode this week uh one that you didn't mention that i kind of like as well is i know he had a bad week one but zeke uh Zeke didn't get the opportunities in week one because the Buccaneers have the best run defense in the NFL, at least as of last season. Looks like they still do coming into this season, but he's against the Chargers. The Chargers gave up a lot of yardage to uh, Gibson. Uh, granted, Gibson didn't score in that game, but I I might see a revenge game for Zeke. You know what? I'm going to take the Chicago Southsiders as well. Let's let's Ooh, double up on that. I, I, I like I that. It. I like that. I like a good upset, man. So. All right, guys. Thanks for tuning into the second episode of the Dynasty Optimists. Uh, I know we both appreciate it a ton. And, uh, hey, we'll be uh, seeing you guys next week. So, hey, good luck in week two, guys. Appreciate y'all.